Holy Spirit, that God, Lord, we would remain in you. And you will come in these times of worship in Jesus' name. Come on, if you love him, would you say amen? Hallelujah. We're going to sing a song that we were singing out there. It's called Freedom. Y'all ready? I want to clap a little louder than before. Here we go. I want to sing a little louder than before. I want to jump higher than before. Come on. Somebody shout it out now. We're singing freedom, 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 freedom. Sing it out, say freedom, 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 freedom. I want to clap a little louder than before. I want to spin a little wider than before. I want to worship deeper than before. Somebody shout it out now. We're singing free.
many of you guys were at the outreach this weekend? Come on, raise your hands if you were out there. How many of you guys experienced freedom out there? You saw freedom in people out there. Man, if you have a testimony, I want you to come up to this mic that Chris is holding. Come on, testimony time. Somebody say testify. Come on, say that again. Say testify. Come on, somebody run up here and grab this mic. We're going to testify about the freedom in Jesus. Come on, run up here. Come on, Tito. Oh, man, Lord, it's just been so good this weekend. In the beginning, I was, in the first day, I was so shy. I was, I, I didn't know what to say. I, I was just, I was just thinking too much, so much. And then, um, the second day, oh, the Lord, the Lord, uh, the Lord just set me free. I, 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 I had fear of man, and now I fear God. And man, like, I, 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 I like, I, I was not afraid. I will come out to, to the person, and, and I. And I just trusted in I just trusted in God and God and I seen I seen at least five souls saved this weekend Amen. and that was just so much for me and it was just, God is so amazing God was and, and like the name of Jesus is just so powerful it's just so awesome it makes me speechless Amen come on sing no more shackles you ready No more shackles no more chains no more bondage I am free no more shackles, no more chains, no more. Come on, the next testimony. Come on, run up here. Who's got a testimony to share with the body? Come on, run up here. Come on, run, run, run. Who's got a testimony? There we go. Come on, Dan. Praise God, hallelujah. We had three days of revival at Humble Park. There were so saved, game bangers, homeless, broken hearts that was mended. There was hope given out there. God was there, he was mighty, he was powerful, he had his way. God is awesome. God showed up at the right time, at the right moment, and it was so amazing because God has led 10, 10 souls in my path that was able to receive Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. Glory to be God. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. No more shackles, you ready? No more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage, I am free. No more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. Come on, another testimony. I know there's so many out there. Come on, run up here. What's your testimony? God is so good. Even at the children's table, as we were face painting kids, children learned about what Jesus did on the cross for them. And children who had no idea why Jesus came down to this earth realized it in that very station. Amen. Hallelujah. Sing it, no more shackles. No more shackles, no more chains. No more bondage, I am free. No more shackles, no more chains. Come on, there's time for one more testimony. One more testimony. Come on, come up here. One more testimony. Come on, Martha. Lord is awesome. The first, this is my first big evangelism I've ever been to. The first night I was scared. I was with Pastor Nancy. She showed me so much that night. That I just, I, that night I prayed. I was like, just use me, Lord. Just, I have something for them to give them the good news salvation is here they don't have to wait no more today does that and the next day i was just pouring i was just on fire i was like i was ready i was just praying for people lord jesus i thought tears lord uh, the third day i was able to give my testimony i i felt the holy spirit right there he was moving strong in that place lord jesus and i just man it was just so 
with the Holy Spirit. And I just like, that was just an awesome thing ever, Lord Jesus. And I thank him, Lord, for every day that we, we were able to be there and experience this. We thank him. Yes. Amen. Amen. Shout out freedom. We're singing freedom. you today. We worship you today, God. We love you in this place, oh God. Come on, just tell him right now, God, thank you for your love. Come on, just tell him right now, thank you, Jesus, for your awesome love. And we, we felt the love of Jesus on those streets. And right now, I believe that God is going to show you his love in this place. Come on, he is here. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your awesome love, Lord. Thank you for your love, Jesus, on that cross, God. Higher than the mountains that I face. Stronger than the power of the grave. Constant, constant through the trial and the change. One thing. This one thing remake. Come on, say that again higher. It's higher than the mountains that I face. His love is stronger. Say stronger than the power of the grave. His love is constant. Say constant through the trial and the change.
need you, Lord. We need you. We need you. We want to feel you, God. We want to hold your hand in life. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Just sing it to him. Your love, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Say your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. We'll sing that to him. Say. up our hearts to you this morning come on if you've never felt the love of God ever in your life if you it's been a long time that you felt his love right now is your chance man he wants to to pour out his love on you like a like a morning shower come on like a rain upon your soul he wants to come and refresh your heart with his love that's the reason why he came that's the reason why we sing is because his love for us is amazing come on if that's you you want to feel the love of Jesus you want to feel that refreshing spirit upon your soul come on just close your eyes just close your eyes right now and say God fill me with your love that's all you got to say God come come fill my heart with your love Jesus with your perfect love God come on the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear I say that perfect love casts out all fear come on there's no fear in his love this morning we can trust him. We can trust our God. I fill my heart with your love. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. 
there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. All sufficient. All sufficient. Freedom in the name of Jesus. 
is freedom. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. To bring every chain, break every chain, break. Come on, if you want to be set free this morning, sing that out. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, come on, break every chain, break every chain. Sing that again, break every chain, break every chain, break. Come on, man, come on, we're gonna break some chains this morning. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, I want you to shout that out. Say break. Break every chain, break every chain. All over this room, raise your hands up and shout it out. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, Jesus, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. Come on, just lift up a shout to the Lord this morning. Lift up a shout of victory in this place. God, we break every chain, Lord, in this place. to Jesus Oh, it's my heart's desire I want to be close to Him The lover of my soul I want to know Him I want to see Him Oh Your heart's desire, Lord Come fill us with Your love Oh, come on, would you make that your prayer? Come fill us with Your love
some of the people in this room, but you have to say that again and again because it doesn't hit your heart just yet. There's some people in this room that nobody's ever told you that they love you. And this song, some of you have to repeat this to yourself because you really don't believe that. You really don't believe that somebody loves you that much. If that's you right now, I want you to put your hand on your heart. Somebody's heart is hurting right now and you're singing the words, but you don't believe it because maybe you've been abused in the past. Maybe people have said really hurtful things to you. I don't know what you're going through, but man, my heart is hurting for you because you don't believe these words right now. And I just want to encourage you this morning that when God says this to you, that he loves you, he means it. When God said that he loved you, he demonstrated, he didn't just say it, he demonstrated it on that cross. That's what the Bible says. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he didn't just tell you that he loved you, he demonstrated that love for you on that cross. So if this morning it's hard for you to accept his love right now, I'm praying, we're praying that you understand that his love for you is not like a love of this world. It's a love that's supernatural, a perfect love, a love that only comes from God. Come on, if that's you, if that word was for you, I want you to put your hand on your heart. Your hand on your heart right now. And we're praying right now that as you put your hand on that heart, that God's going to fill that heart with his love. Jesus, God, we pray right now for every hand on their heart, God every broken heart in this room, Lord Jesus, every broken spirit, God, every hurtful word spoken over your precious people, God, that those lives of the enemy would be broken and that your love would overwhelm them, overwhelm them like a flood, overwhelm them, Lord Jesus, where they can't contain it, God. Let the joy come from the inside out. Let the peace come, Lord Jesus, from the inner being knowing that they're loved by a God, they're loved by Jesus, they're loved by someone that gave it all for them. Love to overwhelm them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pour your love upon us. Pour your love upon us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord. Now you sing this, your love never fails and never gives. Come on, you sing it now. Come on, sing it to him. Your love never fails and never gives up. Your love never fails and never gives up. Oh, your love. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. I'd rather be no place 
house today could you just raise your hands and sing it out no place I would rather be set a fire Jesus in my soul that I can't contain I can't control God bigger than me you're bigger than me God your love is like a fire in my heart today set a fire take over God today we ask you to set a fire down in our hearts we've gathered here together in your name because you're worthy of the praise there is no one else like you there is no one that loves us like you and that's why we raise our hands because it's our way of worshiping you giving you thanks we sing songs to you because it's our way of saying we love you we close our eyes to not be distracted by the things of this world so that we can focus more on you. All of these things we call worship. And Lord, there is no place I would rather be than here with my eyes closed, hands raised, and my heart lifted up through a song. And Lord, as we sing this one more time to you, I just ask that you would set a fire in our hearts today. Just like when I felt the va 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 voom when I saw my wife for the first time. That passion for my wife. I pray you give me a passion, a burning fire, and a desire on the inside for you. Can we just sing it one more time? And if you don't feel comfortable raising your hand, closing your eyes and singing, that's okay. Do what you feel comfortable doing. But this is what we do to worship Him today. No place than here in your love. This is where we belong today. Yes, God. Come on, fathers. It's your day to worship your heavenly Father. Real men worship God. One more time. No place I'd rather be. Yes, Lord. Yes, God, now set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. One more time, set a fire, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. 
Hallelujah. If you love Jesus, can I hear an amen and a hand clap of praise? Come on, amen. I'm going to ask that as you are seated, the fathers would come and meet me at this altar today. So would you grab a seat unless you're a father? And fathers, would you come? And even the fathers who have babies in the womb, in the oven. Salvador, come on up here. Humberto, some new friends. Let's give it up for our fathers as they come. Amen. Fathers, would you just face me just for a moment? I want to just exhort you as a father. We have a special gift we want to give you, but there is nothing that uh, can repay what you do for your family. And as a church, we just want to honor you today. And when God chose to relate to his creation, he chose the term father. So what an honor that you and I have been given that God the Father would allow us to carry that same title here on this earth. We are the first example that our children get to see of God, of life, respect, honor. We are that example to them. And as we raise our family right, we are the bedrock of a healthy society. And so fathers today, we know your job is not easy. My wife has had to forgive me so many times of losing my temper, doing things as a worldly man, but not as a godly man. But fathers, you're doing good. Sometimes we beat ourselves up and we say, I, I could work harder, I could, I could do more. But today is a day for us to say to you, good job. Thank you. Because if fathers, you didn't do what you do, our wives, our children would not have what they have today. And so today we just want to give you these gifts. Can we place the gifts in their hands, please? And then we just want to pray for you. And the greatest advice I could give you as a father, though I'm not a perfect one, but I know a perfect father and he's in heaven, the greatest advice I can give you from the Word of God is to always pray to your father for help and advice in times of strength and trouble. Whenever you need extra energy, extra wisdom, you're looking at the bills and there's more bills than there is money, your stress maybe starts to rise, children are acting crazy, I think I'm telling on myself right now. <laughs> and you want to take it out on the couch or go into the tool shed or wherever you go or go fishing all day long. When you're in that moment, fathers, just remember, there is a heavenly father you can say, Father, would you help me to be the man you want me to be down here? That's the advice I would give you today. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I come to you to ask for your help. So here are some snacks to enjoy the game with, to have a good time with your friends and family this week. If anybody wants to go fishing, any manly men want to go fishing with me, I'll be going fishing this week. But we just want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Good job, fathers. Let's pray for you today. Father, I thank you today for awesome fathers, men that pay a price for the families that they raise and the children that they influence. God, I pray that you would encourage them 
to not grow weary in well-doing, especially in this economy. So many men, more than I've ever had before, have come to me and feel so guilty because they can't find jobs or receive the pay they're used to. Jesus, would you remove those lies from their mind today if anybody's dealing with that? God, good men, good men here are working hard and doing their best. And, Lord, it's not their fault, the economy was corrupted by evil men. So, Lord, I pray you'll bless them with the job, those that may be looking or underemployed, and those that have to work two and three jobs or work 10, 14-hour days, would you encourage them and bless them? And for all those, God, that sit around a table with their family and they encourage their children when they see them, God, I pray you will give them wisdom from above and that we would all be thankful for what they do. Children, who still have fathers alive, and some of the men here, you still have your father alive. God, that we would be thankful for those men in our lives too. Maybe they weren't perfect, but we learned a lot from them. And God, I just thank you. You're a good father from whom every good and perfect gift comes from, and you will strengthen them this year to be the man that you called them to be. We bless them in your name, in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Can we give a standing ovation for these fathers today? Now, fathers, would you turn around as we stand up and bless you today? Amen. We're going to ask that the families would come. We're going to play a welcome video. Would you just come and greet the fathers today? Say God bless you to them. Welcome them in this house right now. We want all the fathers to be blessed, to be encouraged. Come with your children. I'm going to stand down there with my girls. We got a welcome video that we want to play for you. Just come from your seats right now. Would you do that as we get this welcome video? And just bless each other right now in the name of the Lord for what our fathers have done. Thank you. Come now and just greet them.
Amen. Would you greet one another once again on your way back to your seats? What a wonderful day to be in the house of God. Welcome to Metro Praise Fathers in the House. This is also Bring a Friend Day. We're glad to see our friends here today. Oh, man, such exciting times. This was Chicago for Jesus. You see the shirts right here. We went out to Bodequa Fest Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which is Puerto Rican Festival at Humble Park. We had over 100 people show up yesterday, which was our biggest day. Here were some of the people that came. Can we just give a hand clap for reaching Humble Park for Jesus? Amen. Thank you, everybody that came out. The video will soon be out. God used us in a mighty way at Humble Park this weekend. We saw the first night over 60 people come out, the second night over 70 people, the third day over 100, and on that third day five different churches were represented, and we estimate around 100 people came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So can we give a hand clap of praise to the Lord and say thank you, Jesus. Come on. When I say Chicago, you say for Jesus, Chicago, Chicago, amen, amen. That's our heart is Chicago for Jesus. Metro Praise meets here every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. and uh, 10 a.m. And we want you to bring your family, your friends here so we can keep reaching Chicago for Jesus. If you like what you see today, this week, you will love it even better next week because it gets better and better as time goes by. If you're new and joining with us in the back, Berto, would you raise your hand? We have a visitor center with all the information to uh, help you be a part of our church. And we ask you to go back there and check it out and see where you can join with us. And then every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we have encounter nights where we have prayer and Bible study for the adults in here and Royal Rangers and impact for our children in the classrooms. And it's basically like Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts for Jesus, K through 5th, and our children are taught the principles of God. How many believe our children need to be taught the things of God? Amen. And to do it in a fun way, exciting way, fixing bikes, you know, doing arts and crafts. So come out on Wednesdays. And then every Friday at 7.30 is Elevate Amen. Elevate is for teenagers in high school and junior high. God is moving. This is Adam, the youth pastor. Let's give it up for Pastor Adam and Elevate. Adam, Friday we were out at Boricua Fest. I saw a ton of young people out there. They were doing awesome for the youth group. But what are some cool things we can look forward to here in the summer from Elevate? Yeah, man. At the end of this month, we are having a barbecue. So keep on coming out. We moved life groups to Tuesday. This week, we're going out to the beach, having a lot of fun, some things to look forward to. Wow, so beach time, barbecue time, Jesus time. I mean, can you beat this, young people? Come on. So come on out to Elevate and get plugged in and go to another level. Everybody say, level. Amen, because we elevate in you. Amen. And uh, once again, Chicago for Jesus is going to keep going. We're going to do the taste of Chicago, so keep that on your radar. We'll be out there preaching the gospel as well. Today was Bring a Friend Day. Hopefully you all brought some friends, and every Sunday is Bring a Friend Day. And so if you brought a friend and you haven't got a special free gift yet, we're going to put them in the back today. So if you are a first-time visitor today, at the end of service, make sure you go back there. Let them know this is your first time, and we are going to give you a free gift. We got a, a brand new Lexus waiting outside for every single... No, I'm just kidding. 
We have a free gift for you, though. Don't be disappointed. You will like it. We're glad you're here. And then uh, family night is June 27th, the last Wednesday of every month. We do something special because we want the families to come together. A lot of times in church, the adults are here, children are there. Sunday morning, adults are here, children are there. Wednesdays, adults here, children are there. So one Wednesday a month, we say, everybody get together and let's have a good time. So this last Wednesday of the month, June 27th, 7 o'clock, out in the parking lot, it's going to be a little family fun. Monday. Now, we can't compete with St. Pascal's Catholic Church and have the carnival rides and all of that, but we will have a bouncy house, free food, and some good things. Everybody say good things. Amen. And one day we'll give uh, St. Pascal's a run for their money. I don't know if anybody saw that. My daughter is wanting to go there, and somehow she's confusing the carnival with heaven. She keeps saying, I want to go to heaven, and I'm like, where is heaven? She's like, right down there where the rides are. So she's confused a carnival with heaven. We've got to differentiate those things. And then the summer retreat. Is anybody excited about the summer retreat coming up? Wow, we are so excited that you're excited because this is going to be the best summer retreat ever. July 6th and 7th, which is a Friday and a Saturday, we're going to head out about 45 minutes out of the city right by uh, Volo and Fox Lake. There is a place called Hickory Camp. We're going to be there on the campgrounds with all the sports you can imagine, swimming, all the things that have a, a camp experience. We want you to come out with us. Get off work Friday morning so you can can meet us here early at the church. We'll go there, drive about 45 minutes, spend all Friday there, spend one night, spend all Saturday, and then come back Saturday evening. We want you to come. The information is on our website, and you can talk to Robin and Ishmael. Uh, where did Ishmael go? There he is. Ishmael, would you stand up? Let's give it up for Ishmael. Amen. So if you have any questions, come see him. Or just the very simple thing is show up with 60 bucks that day and let's go out there and have fun. We've already reserved the rooms. We're believing God for close to 100, including children. So come on out, $60 for adults. Uh, an adult, I believe, is... Uh, yeah. yeah, come on up on the microphone. Let's give it up for Ishmael as he comes up and we'll fix the flyer. Yeah, I asked some of the leaders to fix the flyer, but it's $65 for an adult. We had to make an adjustment for a meal. So it's $65 for an adult and $35 for, for uh, 11 children, 6 to 11, I believe that says. So that's it. Amen. How much is it to go one time to Six Flags for one ticket? How much is it? I believe it's $59. $59 for one ticket, and you don't get food, and you don't get to spend a night. This is going to be better than Six Flags. Can I hear an Amen. Come on, it is worth it. It is worth it. And the vision of Metro Praise, what makes us excited to do what we do every week, is to love God and love people. We want you to join with us, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the best way we see to do that is connect to the cross, then learn about the cross, and be sent out to change the world with the cross, just like we did this weekend. Because people knew the cross, they could go out and share the cross. If you were at Chicago for Jesus, and either you or your team led somebody to the Lord, would you stand up right now? So if you were at Chicago for Jesus, if you or your team led somebody to the Lord, would you stand up? These were soul winners that fulfilled the vision. They loved God. They loved people. They connected to the cross. They knew of the cross, and they were sent to share it. Let's give them a hand clap and bless the Lord because more people know Jesus now than ever before. Amen. You, you may be seated. See, that is the vision to connect. How do you connect at Metro Praise? Well, we want you to join a life group. Does anybody get life at life groups? Amen. Come on, don't fake it. 
life groups are a home Bible study that meet throughout the week where you have food, fun, and fellowship. They're going on all different times for youth and adults. Find a time that works for you and then get plugged in, and that way you'll begin to get connected to the cross. As you're getting connected, you then can begin to get mentored. Everybody say mentored. Thank you. You can go through our 101 book, one-on-one. You can grow in your faith in Jesus Christ here. We want you to do what our church promises you, dedicates to you, that you are important as an individual, and another individual will spend time with you to help you grow in your faith. I mean, imagine if Donald Trump said you were so important, I will spend time with you to teach you real estate. Imagine if Michael Jordan would maybe help one of the, these men that have hoop dreams, you know, like Ricky when he goes on the basketball court, you know, he puts on all the, the wristbands and things. Imagine if Michael Jordan would teach him how to become a better basketball player. Would we take that opportunity? Yes. And people in this church that I would dare to say are experts. God is using them humbly to know the faith. Want to go through this with you one-on-one. And as you graduate, you can go into the 201 class, be mentored, and then everybody say send. And then we believe you will be an equipped soldier of Jesus Christ, a disciple that can go out and make disciples. And our goal here in Metro Praise is to make 100,000 disciples in a city of 8 million. I believe we can do it. And I believe we can start 50 churches in this city. We already have another one at Wicker Park that I believe is going to fill up today as well. And we're going to start 500 around the world. And we're already at 250 in five different nations. So if you believe we can fulfill the vision, can you say, let's do it? Amen. We believe that in Jesus' name. We are a church that is supported by you, and we need your help. During this time of the summer and during our economy, some of you are not able to give as much as you've been able to in times past. So we're asking those that can to give extra to help us out. We need above and beyond our tithes and offerings, about an extra $2,500 for building fund. That keeps everything working here appropriately. And then we need $25 a month by 50 people to have $1,200 extra a month so that we can support our missions. Basically, if you look at it, if 50 people would, would dedicate $75 extra a month, we could continue to operate here in excellence, have new things, and change the world by missions. $75 a month comes out to be about $2 a day. If you can't do that, whatever you can do extra on top of your ties, would you please help us? And on the offering envelope, Circle Building Fund, and it will go to our building, or circle missions and it will go to those 250 pastors would you please stand as we prepare to give today how many were I, I want to use the word impressed but I would say maybe proud of your church out there in Chicago for Jesus how nice everything was how we gave everything away for free amen do you know why excuse me, do you know why each day we could give 500 free hot dogs with all those concondules, the rice, the, the drinks, the face painting. Everybody loved the face painting. Some of the, because the young girls were doing the face painting, some of them came up to me and said, we feel a little weird because grown men keep coming to us wanting hearts of the Puerto Rican flag. And I said, that's okay. That's what, they love Puerto Rico. But that was weird. Anyways, so we did face painting. We gave away food. The sound system, which is excellence, the, dr- the generator, the tents. Do you know why it was F-R-E-E free? Because people like you give. When we support our missionaries, right now we're raising money for a computer for Nepal. You are making a difference in that man's life. He's a pastor with 15 churches in Nepal. So when you circle missions, we're sending him a laptop, giving him the finances to get a laptop. How do we do it? 
The Bible says a tithe belongs to the Lord. That's 10% of our total income. When we all put together our tithe, I teach in Bible college, I give the portion of, of, of my income, 10%. You give the portion of your income, we can make a difference. And whatever we give above that tithe is an offering. We thank you for what you do. You can always give online and before or after services at the boxes there in the back. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that in this house, Lord, our givers, that allow us to go out and be givers. By the givers here today in this church, we're able to give computers to foreign missionaries in different countries. We're able to go out to Humble Park and give everything away. Lord, because of what you're doing in them, you're able to do things through them. But Lord, I know I'm very much aware of the need of our people to increase in finances. So Lord, we call upon you, just like our founding fathers did, just like our grandparents did during the time of the Great Depression and then in World War II when we were rationing. God, we call upon you again in this nation. We ask you to bless America. We ask you to bless our leader, our president, who has been in Chicago this week. We pray that you will guide him to make the right decisions. We pray for our Congress and our leaders that they would govern accordingly according to your precepts and that the businesses and those on Wall Street, Lord, would make decisions that benefit all of us not just themselves. And as, God, you bless this nation, we'll be faithful to bless you. And, Lord, we also pray for the other nations, the ones you've given us to care for, the Philippines, Nigeria, Nepal, India, and Pakistan. These are where our 250 Metro Praise Churches are. We lift up their leaders, their pastors, and we ask you to bless them and their families and encourage them during these tough times. Lord, we say all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Let us say our confession of faith. And by the way, why do we have a confession of faith? Because sometimes when you look at your bank account, you go, oh, dear Lord, help me. And then, and then you look at your car breaking down and you go, oh, man, and you say maybe something you regret. We need to speak something positive in faith over our situation. Amen. And when Paul wrote this, Paul wasn't living in a mansion with a Rolls Royce and a televangelism ministry. When Paul wrote this, he himself was in need, but he was confessing by faith, God will meet my needs. That's why we confess it. So let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come rejoicing as you give today? Thank you so much for all that you give. God bless you. Amen. Can we give it up to the band that not only worshipped here, but worshipped on the streets of Humble Park? Come on. Didn't they do awesome out there? Man, you guys tore it up out there. Man, how come everybody has a beautiful sounding voice in the band and the preachers lost his voice? I think you guys sung more than I preached. You must know a trick or something. I got to learn it from you. <clears throat> Would you pardon my clearing of the throat maybe multiple times today? Would you open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 17, verse 26? Before we get started today, I want to 
ask some of our congregation to share testimonies with you. We're going to discuss today, briefly, the meaning of life. Many times we ask ourselves, what's my life all about? We hear our children ask us, what's life all about? Many times we thought life was about something, and then when we either fail at that something or get it, we get disappointed and we realize there's got to be more to life than this. You know, some people wanted to play professional sports. When they couldn't do it, they had to figure out what's the meaning of their life. Some who play professional sports get there, win a Super Bowl, say there's got to be more than this. Well, today we're going to talk about the meaning of life, but before we do, I want you to hear from some of my special friends that are going to share with you testimonies about how they discovered the meaning of life in Jesus Christ. I'd like to start with Chris and Monique Pittman, who are a newlywed couple who just got married two weeks ago. Chris, would you share with us how you found the meaning of life? Okay, thank you so much. Um, let me first say welcome to a lot of new faces. Uh, we're actually glad you guys came. Uh, just to give you a background story of who I am, where I came from, i just tell you uh, what I was doing before. Before I came to God, I actually uh, doing a lot of clubbing. You, you know how it is. You know, a lot of, I really want to just stop at saying some things I shouldn't have been doing, but I also want to kind of mention, too, uh, I also was uh, bisexual at the time. I was also with a woman who was also the same as I was. We were also trying to get married at the time as well. I realized I had so much sin in my life. I was doing so many bad things. I literally couldn't even look at myself in the mirror anymore. I forgot exactly what my meaning to life was. I was stealing. You know, I wasn't the worst guy in the world, but stealing was already part of it. Anger was another issue. I was blowing up at every person that I came across. And it just, things just wasn't enough. It just, you know, like the, you know, books, self-help books, all that stuff. I mean, you know, astrology. I mean, I, I looked, I tried it all, you know, and it did nothing worked. So I actually had a, a few people, you know, a few times I prayed, you know, uh, and I asked God to really, like, work, work in me, you know, do something new in me. And I, I prayed when I needed something. I didn't really have a relationship with God, but I usually was praying when I needed something. But next thing you know, uh, maybe like a year later, God brought me to an uh, export. I was actually working there, and I had just person after person telling me about Jesus. So one day I actually challenged one person about, like, you know, about who Jesus was. I ended up sitting down at Panera Bread every couple of days in a Bible study. And didn't stop there. Just more and more people kept telling me about Jesus. Finally, I just gave, got to the point where I just gave up everything. I just said, you know what? Uh, I ended up blowing up at a customer at my job. I lost it. I lost control of myself. I went home that night, prayed. I lifted up every single thing that I ever wanted from God. And I honestly was on my knees, banging on the floor, crying out to God, saying, if you will change me, I will give you whatever you want. Every talent, every everything that you've ever put in me, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with the money I get. I don't know what to do with my relationships, my family suffering. You do whatever you want to do. I asked for the wife I wanted. I asked for the house I wanted. I asked for, Lord Jesus, don't let me do something crazy. I asked for it all. So I ended up coming to Metro Praise out of nowhere. A friend invited me to Metro uh, long story short, I actually left the woman that I was with. You know, I gave up the lifestyle I was living. I got into the discipleship program because I really saw it, uh, something different in the people here at Metro. Was, a lot of people were married, had families. You know, you could just see the fruit in everybody's life. That was an inspiration in me. I wanted that. Got into the discipleship pro program, then went to uh, 201. Next thing you know, I meet exactly what I prayed for. 
Exactly. And, I, and the funny part is I actually didn't even recognize it and didn't recognize it until I recognized God a little more. So uh, for me, I, I just want to tell you, uh, this church has been a blessing in my life. God has seriously done something through me, still doing great things through me. And uh, I encourage you all, you know, he's going to do the same for you as well. Amen. Thank you. When you hear about Chris and Monique's life, thank you guys. When you hear about their life, the story that I get from them is the story of this generation. Many of them are confused sexually. You know that when we were at Boricua Fest, I saw more lesbians, more homosexuals than I've ever seen out there before. They say right now in the city of Chicago that maybe as many as one out of four or two out of four or half of these young ladies in this city are experimenting with bisexuality. And then the men are right there trailing behind statistically. And here you see Chris searching for it. Hey, I'm going to find purpose in sex. I'm going to find purpose in a club. And yet he found emptiness until he found Jesus. And then over this past year and a half, almost two years, God transforms him, brings him to be the man he wants him to be. And then when God makes him that man, brings him the woman that he has for him. That's what I would say is the meaning of life found in Christ Jesus. But I also want you to hear another story from a young man by the name of Lawrence. So I'm going to ask that Lawrence would come forward and that he would share his story. Lawrence, would you come on? And as you're going to hear, thank you, it's going to be quite different, but yet he found the meaning of life. Amen. Well, my story is uh, not that crazy. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, had great Christian parents went to a Bible-believing church, you know, and I, and I received Christ at a young age. I, uh, you know, understood the concept of sin and repentance and all that stuff. And, you know, you might, you might look at that, you know, you might say, you know, it, it's, you know, kind of boring, you know, living for Jesus all your life, you know. Isn't there, you know, like I'm missing out on something, you know. And, and you know, I look at what the world's doing, and, you know, as Chris was talking about, you know, him, you know, going to clubs and all that stuff. You know, this is apparently what the world has for you. You know, and this is what it's, you know, supposedly about. You know, and Chris, he, he was empty. And, you know, I can look back at my life and just look at the t the times that God has encountered me with his presence. And God has just, oh, my gosh, just revealed himself to me in the scriptures. You know, and, and, then, I, and then I look back at what the world has to offer. And it's like, really, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, I'm, you know, there's so much. So much God has to offer. Why would you trade that for something as worthless as, you know, these different things? And it's not like, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it might satisfy you for a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to leave you broke. You know, it's going to leave you uh, just with a broken heart, broken relationships, all of that stuff. But, you know, when you come to Jesus, he, he satisfies you, you know. And he, he not only satisfies you, man, he, he overflows your heart with just love and joy and peace and all of those things and you know it people act as if somehow you know if you're a christian you know and, and i'm homeschooled you know as if somehow you know it again it's like a boring you know miserable life oh jesus is so you know living for you know being a christian you know it's all whatever but man when you when you get into when, when you when you get in that relationship with jesus christ i'm telling you there is no club that can come close to it. There's no drink. There's no nothing that can even come close to just the love that God has for you. And it's so satisfying. It just, oh, it's amazing. Amen. Thank you. 
When you think of Lawrence's testimony today on Father's Day, fathers, does that inspire you? That inspires me. Because I know I don't want my children to go through bisexuality, crime, drugs, and all of those things to then find the meaning of life. Shouldn't that be our responsibility now to show them the meaning of life? Just like we teach them 2 plus 2 is 4, we don't want them to go through life thinking 2 plus 2 is 5 until they're 30 years old, and then they finally realize 2 plus 2 is 4. No, we want people to know the meaning of life now, and we can teach our children now. And we can teach them there's nothing in those clubs you want because some of us have already been there, and we know what it's like when the lights come on the next day and you wake up empty on the inside. And not only just the pursuit of partying, but a lot of times in this world, and especially in our culture, we're teaching our young people, get a college education, get a college education. My friends, before college education was pushed upon us in these last 20, 30 years, colonial Americans, old school Americans, your grandparents, most of our grandparents did not go to college. How many of them were good people, though? You see, we keep substituting a good life with college. My friends, I go to U of I, and I preach on the campus there. I've been to UIC. Those students are not living good moral lives because you can give them head knowledge but not transform their heart. So, parents, it's not just go get to school, go get an education. It's go to your knees and find Jesus and let him transform you. Amen? Amen. Now I want you to hear from another couple but a totally different testimony from China, where the church is illegal, where people have been taught there is no God. They were a part of the underground church in China, saw revival, and even were arrested for their faith in Jesus Christ. And I want them to share their testimony with you. David and Christy, would you come forward? And as they come, would you bless the Lord for them? Um, hi. Um Actually, I, I was born in Taiwan, and I grew up in the USA. Um, and I, I uh, came to Christ when I was uh, young. Uh, but growing up, um, I felt, you know, rejected. I felt um, no love. So one of the things that really attracted me uh, to God was his unconditional love. It, it, was, um, it was like um, I could go to somebody, uh, and he knew all my weaknesses. He knew all the, um, all the worst things that I had done. He knew... Um, my all my shortcomings, but every time I went to him, um, he he would um, would not reject me and he would accept me with open arms. It was just there was nothing uh, like the love of God, um, it, and you know like um, King David said in Psalms that um, that his life his love is better than life. That he was a king and he could have anything he wanted, but um, but um, he's he, his his experience was that there was, there was just nothing that was better than life. Um, I, um, I was a missionary in China for a few years, and I um, had an opportunity to be a, um, a student uh, in an illegal Bible school. Um, the, um, one time the police um, found out about the, our location, and they were able to catch um, all the um, teachers and two-thirds of the um, students. Um, but um, after they, were, uh, they served their term and they were released, all of the students except uh, one decided to continue to um, to go through their training in the underground um, Bible school, and and the, the reason they did that was because they had experienced um, the the love that was better than life, and they weren't going to let the government, the police, or any jail stop them from following God. Uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, this is my wife Christy. Uh, 
Um, I found her in China. Fear, just feel full of boldness like the Bible, Acts, uh, uh, the 
we, we face in persecution. We see on so very powerful the police station. Yet it's more room. Police may keep us not to see, not to see, but we just feel we couldn't control. Like today's story said, the Holy Spirit feel we cannot contain, we cannot control. So many people come to look at us, feel Maria. So I just feel very powerful. God's will. He he he's doing a miracle in everywhere in China, in America. He loves me. I pray today. He loves me. Oh God, because His love here. Wow, so many things to say about that, but the one thing that I want us to get from that is our country right now wants to remove God from our schools and government. China's done that for quite some time. Our country wants to become a great industrial nation again without uh, recognizing God's principles. That's what China is right now. They are more technologically advanced, and they are more industrialized than they are. That's what China is. We want right now people to have jobs and people to be given things from the government, security from the government, and to lose the right of freedom to be able to do that. China has that right now. And my friends, China, the people there are so unhappy because it's not just about having industrial jobs. It's just not about the government meeting all of your needs. It's just not working 20 hours a day. It's about the peace and love of Jesus Christ. And right now, a thousand, a thousand people in China are coming to the Lord a day. That is 30,000 a month. There's over a half a million coming to Christ every year. And they are the fastest growing Christian nation in the world with already a hundred million believers. And it is illegal in their nation but they love Jesus more amen so my friends don't look to your job don't look to the economy don't look to the government look to God for the meaning of your life amen amen the meaning of life today Acts 17 26 I will not be long as we look to the meaning of life the world gives us many different options for the noble the world gives us the option of our family and this sounds really good. You know, the meaning of my life is my children propagating, having family. But my friends, how many family members can you recount two and three generations behind you? Do you know your great-grandparents' names? Do you know what your great-uncle did? My friends, we don't even know what our family was like 100 years ago. How much more meaningless does our family become 500 years in the past, 1,000 years in the past? So if you make your life all about family, 500 years from now, you will be forgotten. Life has to be more than just family even as good as that is. And then, of course, we get to the flashy things, material things like cars, um, going out and partying, living the good life. And then you got people that become addicted to sports because this is the only place where they find excitement in life now is living vicariously through their sports team. Or maybe finding a good house or having money. And young people, what is probably the meaning of your life today? Your friends? Got to go out and hang out. Got to keep texting. They say the average teenager texts sometime, uh, somewhere around 100 plus texts a day to their friends. What are you eating? I'm eating hamburger. What are you eating? I'm eating this. What are you doing? I'm going to the bathroom. You know, just text, 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 text. Because the meaning of their life is all about their friends. But how many adults here know friends come and go? 
Friends come and go. I hardly stay in touch with any of my high school friends. So we can't say the meaning of life is just friends. And then we look down there at the bottom, the big city life. You know, a lot of times people like me who grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, cornfields on all sides, man. When you grow up in a town like that, oh, if I could just live in Chicago, I'll be cool. What will you do there? I don't know, but I'll just be cool because I'll live in Chicago. I, I hate where I live. And everybody from a small town kept saying, if I get to a big city, life will change. How many know living in a big city, life doesn't change very much? Maybe sometimes even makes it worse. And then last of all, if you can't see it in the bottom right corner there, is six flags. Sometimes we just work so hard for the weekends. They say on average, people on Fridays feel emotionally better than they do on Mondays. That kind of makes sense while well, we get to enjoy the weekend. And so the meaning of life becomes that weekend, that vacation. And then when you think about it, it's like, man, out of your whole life, what did you spend, a month doing fun things? See, it doesn't add up to a whole lot, does it? So there's got to be more than what the world is telling us. The Bible gives us the answer in Acts 17, 26 through 27. This is Paul the Apostle. He is speaking to pagans, those who are not Jewish. They are not from a Christian background. These are the ones who would worship Zeus and Hercules. He's, wor- he's talking to philosophers, people in their minds who would deduct reasonable what life would be about. You know, life is the pursuit of knowledge. Life is the pursuit of happiness. You know, these philosophical people, this is what he says to them is the meaning of life. Verse 26, from one man, every, uh, excuse me, from one man, he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Boy, isn't that deep? The meaning of life is that you are created by God. Why are you the culture you are? Because God designed it that way. Why are you in the country you're in? Because God designed it that way. Why are you living in the time frame, the 21st century? Why weren't you born in 700 A.D.? Why weren't you born in Africa? Why weren't you born, you know, in an Indian village in 203 B.C. here in America? Why were you not born in Alaska? Why are you here now at this time the way you are? Because God puts you here. You are here with a purpose from God. So the meaning of life, Paul was saying, take a step back and understand how amazing this is that God planned out your nationality. God planned out where you would live. God planned out the generation you would live in. God planned out your personality. And he did all of this so you would reach out to him. Everything that you are experiencing right now is to have you reach out to God. Your culture, your family, your friends, your life, if you will pay attention to what's going on around you in all of these areas, it will be motivation for you to reach out to God. There will be emptiness in some things, and you'll say, I need to reach out to God because this is an emptiness. Then there's other things you'll say, these are good things in my life that God has given me, and you'll want to thank him for it. So whether it's the good things or the bad things, it doesn't matter where you are today. If you will just pay attention, you will see these as signs to reach out to God. And what I want to do is I want to give you a few things today to help you discover that meaning in your life. Number one, Genesis chapter one, verse 27, teaches us your life has purpose and meaning because you were created in the image of God. 
When we look to Genesis 1.27, we learn that God created man in his own image. He created them male and female. What are we being taught now? We're being taught that we have evolved from lesser species like animals, and now that's what makes us a human being. Is it any wonder when you teach somebody in college they're nothing but an animal and that life has no meaning other than the present right now because when you die, your energy goes back to the earth and, you know, life goes on without you? Is it any wonder that when they get into the secular world, into business, into jobs, they don't care about their employees and that Enron scandals happen? Why? Because it's just animals. We're just animals. Does one animal, when you see two dogs fighting over a piece of meat and the one bigger dog, stronger dog, takes that piece of meat, do you see him then cry and bring that piece of meat back and go, I feel so bad? No, it's a dog-eat-dog world. Might is right. And now we see this in our schools. We're trying to teach our children they're special, they're special. But if we don't tell them why they're special, they'll just keep believing what the world is telling them, which is really they're just like animals. Well, if we keep teaching our kids they're animals, then they're going to act like animals and kill each other. And that's why Chicago right now has the highest murder rate of the nation. And in this culture right now, we have more violent crimes than we've ever had before. Do you think it's any coincidence that when we took out prayer, we replaced it with metal detectors, that when we took the Ten Commandments out of our courtrooms, that we replaced it with disorder and corruption. You see, when we look at our life and we notice we're intelligent beings, we make decisions, we have free will, we have emotional needs, we're not just physical beings with physical needs, we also have emotional needs, the only answer to that is God made us. God made us this way. We are not animals living by instinct. God made us in his image, and he made us special. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I used to hear preachers saying this, I would hear preachers say we're special, and I would then begin to think, well, if everybody is special, then nobody really is special. And I want you to watch this video because in the movie The Incredibles, anybody ever see the cartoon The Incredibles? There's the young son named Dash, and he is the child of superhero parents, and he's the child of a superhero, so if you can just imagine this, and his special ability is he can run fast. That's why they call him Dash. And he wants to play football in school, and his parents won't let him because they'll discover his special talent that, you know, he can run fast. And, you know, superheroes got to have a second identity, so they don't want to find him out. And I want you to see what happens in this conversation uh, with Dash and his mom. Would you please play the video, my brother? Thank you. Dash, this is the third time this year you've been sent to the office. We need to find a better outlet, a more constructive outlet. Maybe I could. Maybe let me go out for sports. Honey, you know why we can't do that. I promise I'll slow up. I'll only be the best by a tiny bit. Dashiell Robert Parr, you are an incredibly competitive boy and a bit of a show-off. The last thing you need is temptation. You always say, Gene, you're best, but you don't really mean it. Why can't I do the best that I can do? Right now, honey, the world just wants us to fit in, and to fit in, we just gotta be like everybody else. But Dad always said our powers are nothing to be ashamed of. Our powers made us special. Everyone's special, Dash. See, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel that way that Dash does. I feel maybe God doesn't look at me any differently than the way he looks at the other person. Because if we're all special, 
then maybe we're not really that special at all. But the example that God said to me one day when, we, when I was praying, asking him about this, was this guy right here, Jay Leno. Anybody ever seen his show? Kind of a quirky guy. I don't watch it much. But the thing about Jay Leno is he loves cars. And he collects cars. And he's known for all of these extravagant cars he has. And one day I was watching a a show about him, talk about his cars. And he has an an entire garage full of these cars. And he would walk by each car, pop open the hood, and he could literally go on for five, ten minutes. It's got this kind of engine, these kind of tires, comes from this generation, was built this way, comes from this part of the country. And he would go from car to car to car. Each one of those cars were special to him, no matter how many he had. And I began to think of it this way. You see, God has an infinite mind. Jay Leno may be only to learn about what? 20 cars, 50 cars, 100 cars. But God is infinite. So when God looks at you, he could say, I love you. You come from this time period. Your personality is like this. You make me smile when you say things like this. I love the talents and abilities that I gave you because you create this. And then he can go to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. Because God is so infinite. He is so far beyond us that every one of us literally are special. And the Bible says we are so special to him that he can even tell you this is how many hairs you have on your head right now because he's been keeping track. That kind of knowledge seems so far beyond us. How could God know 7 billion people so intimately and care about us so intimately and know the intricate differences like snowflakes, none of us are alike. How can God do that? Well, that's what makes him God. That's what makes him God. That's why we worship him, because he is not like anyone else. He is our creator. He cares about us. He knows exactly where we are. He knows what we're going through, and he's hoping that we would reach out to him and find him, because that's why he's put us here, that we would reach out. Somebody say reach out. Thank you. The second thing that I want you to see when it comes to what God is doing in our lives, is that Jesus is holding us in his hands. The song that we would teach our children would go like this. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 He's got you and me, sister, in his hand. And we keep going on. You and me, brother, in his hand. And it just keeps going on. And I want you to understand this. Because right when I get to this point with many people, I can hear the the brain ticking. And we begin to think to ourselves, well, if he knows about everything and we're special, well, then doesn't he care about my problems? And couldn't he have done something about this situation or problem I faced because when I went through that, I felt like I was all alone. And at this point, I want to stop and answer that question. The reason why evil is in this world is not proof against God. It's actually proof of God because if there wasn't a God, there wouldn't be good and all there would be is evil. Every day would be Mardi Gras, and I've been there 12 times. Every day would be war. Every day would be men raping other women or taking what they want. The reason why men still do good and there's still a choice for good is because God gave us a conscience. And yes, people do bad things to other people because God did not create a robot. But what he said is even though he gave them their choice, 
He will make it right one day for you. So if you have suffered, don't blame it on God. Don't take bad things and blame it on God. Thank God for the good things and hope for him to make the bad things right. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Here's what I want you to see here. Turn with me to the next passage of Scripture, to Psalms 139, 16. The purpose and destiny of your life has been given to you by God. This is called your destiny. Can everybody say destiny? Destiny is your purpose and meaning, and you have destiny. In God's plan, he sees the end from the beginning. You see, we learn things. Like when I watch the baseball game, I learn what's going to happen in that game as it goes on. But what if I had already watched the game and I could sit back and watch the 76 Super Bowl or the, the when did the Cubs win the World Series, 19-something? 19-what? Oh, wait. Imagine we could go back and we would talk about and relive that joyous occasion. God knows human history, but he doesn't make people do things. No more than I would make the Cubs play that game, but I could watch it and know what is going to happen. This is called foreknowledge. What this means is God knows the decisions we will make without him making it for us. He knows what others will do to us without him making it happen. And then he says, now I will operate in your life according to your decisions and my desire for you. I'm going to say that again. That's deep. y'all. Some of y'all didn't get this. When I go back and watch the Cubs game, 1908, did I play in the game? Did I make the ball go where it was? Did I pitch the ball? Did I bat the ball? Did I hit the ball? No, didn't do any of those things. But I can watch it based on what other people have done. And then now I can sit back and I can go, this is what's going to happen in this game. This is what's going to happen here. God watches human history and says, well, this guy's going to do this and this one will do this. And then he'll do something that I can't do in that 1908 game. He will then come into that time period and meet us whenever we reach out to him. But he knows what we're going to do, and he knows what others are going to do, but he never forces his hand. But whenever we reach out, he's there to receive him. If you want more understanding of that, come to our discipleship or our life group. It's called destiny. God does not have to make us robots to give us a destiny, and he doesn't have to create evil for him to work within evil. He's watching decisions that others are making and you are making, and he's waiting for you to reach out. Here's what Psalms 139.16 says. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So before you were ever born, God wrote a book called Your Life Story. And he knew what people would do to you. He knew what culture you would live in. He knew the ups and downs of everything you would face. And guess what's written in that book? Opportunities for you to reach out and touch him. No one hears without excuse, especially when you're hearing the preacher preach about God having a destiny for you, asking you to reach out. Because at this time, a lot of people like to ask me, well, what about the people in Africa who, who, you know, who haven't heard the gospel? How does he find you know, ways to reach out to them? First of all, you're not in Africa. Worry about yourself. Second thing, Africa is experiencing a revival right now because they're reaching out to God like never before. And the ones who have never heard it had dreams and visions, and our missionaries are arriving there as answers to prayer. So none of those things take away from the fact you're here today and your life is written. The question is, will you reach out to God? Will you find the meaning that he has for your life today? Here's another thing to think about. 
You are responsible to reach out to God and seek that purpose every day. You could look at that book example as every day of your life is a page in that book that God has wrote. Will you ask God in the morning to prepare a way for you? Will you ask God to lead you every day so that you can fulfill the pages of your destiny? So, uh, James chapter 4 verse 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Can we say it together on the count of three? One, two, three. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Have you ever noticed what really keeps us from God and his purpose? Is it the devil? Is it really the devil that keeps us from God and his purpose? Really, it's us, isn't it? It's our own sin. And do you know what it means to be double-minded? It means to say you're going to do one thing, and yet you really do another. Haven't we all dealt with that before? Let's just take dieting as an example. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm going to eat less, but then actually you keep eating the same, if not more? Can I hear an amen from somebody? Have you ever said that you're going to go work out and get exercise, and you don't get exercise, you sit at home and do nothing? Come on, can I hear an amen? How much more do we do that with God? God, I'm going to keep your commands today. God, I'm, I'm going to get married and stop having sex outside of marriage. God, I'm going to obey my parents. God, I'm going to stop lying. God, I'm going to stop uh, being lazy. I'm going to read my Bible and pray. But then how often do we then do another thing? The Bible is saying that it is your responsibility now to reach out to God. And sinners, and I've, I have been a sinner more than I've been a saint, we still have that choice. God does not take that from us. Until the time I was 18 years old, I made every excuse, because I was brought up in a Christian family, but I made every excuse not to call on God. Well, it's not the right time. Well, I don't know if he's real. I don't know if God really made me special. I dealt with that a lot. I said, I just think this, this thing just makes, you know, religion is an opiate of the masses, like what, what the atheist philosophers used to say. I used to believe that, that all religion was was a crutch for the weak-minded people and that God didn't make us. We were just energy. We were just evolutionary forces. I remember, uh, you know, people were a picketing abortion clinic and, and believing that life was in the womb, and I thought life, you know, didn't start until you came out, and if you still didn't like it, you could take it because I was a bad person. And so while, while we were driving to buy, I, I pulled down my pants and my friend honked the horn and I mooned the entire abortion uh, protesters that were from the church. Y'all looking at me crazy like, you think I made that up? No, I'm telling on myself right now. That is how crazy I was as a church kid. I drove by the picketers and mooned the crowd of abortion picketers because I thought that they were out of their mind. I remember calling up Christian hotlines, pretending to be demon-possessed, pretending to be gay, prank calling Christian hotlines. I'm telling you, I'm just telling on myself. The first time I, I did drugs was with a friend from church. Some of my first uh, girl experiences were in church bathrooms, in the parking lot. Matter of fact, one of the places that I used to like to get high the most was in a little cut behind the church parking lot. Why? Because I had no respect for God. I remember one time I was on LSD, and hallucinogenic drug, and my parents said, you're going to church. And I'm like, no way am I going to church now. And they brought me to church, and I was hallucinating in church. And I just said to myself, this is like the coolest thing, man, all the music and lights, man, church. And you trip out here more often. And I'm being honest. I was a sinner. 
That was my story. Now, maybe you were a good sinner, okay? But that's a, I was a crazy sinner. Now you know why my mom, when you, she tells her testimony, she's like, thank you, Jesus, he's saved now. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Jesus, he is saved. I was arrested eight times before I was an adult. I caught two STDs. I was a high school dropout. I almost died twice, once on crystal meth, another time a gun pulled on me, and that was all before I was 18 years old. But here's the point. James 4, 8 says, you come near to God. God was calling me, and he was saying, Joe, if you want what I have here, I don't have to prove it to you. I don't need to make myself evident more than I already have. And that's the way I was sitting as I was in church and high and all the crazy stuff. I said, well, God, if you're real, then do something. I mean, just strike down the preacher or make him float in the air. You know, do something crazy. Make this girl want to marry me or something, this hot girl. You know, my friend and I had a kissing contest with one girl who could kiss better. You know, these would be things we would do. I would say, do something crazy, you know. And God was saying, no, I'm, I'm here. I've already made a step to you. You make it now. Sometimes we think of salvation like Jesus says, a used car salesman, like he's some QVC salesman trying to talk you into something. My friends, it's your soul that's going to go to hell. He's already in heaven. He's going to be fine without you. Are you listening to me? The party will go on without you being there. And I'll, remember, I'll tell you, November 5th, 1995, the drugs had taken away my peace. I was having anxiety attacks. I was doing cocaine more often. I was catching these STDs. The girls that I was with were not bringing me any happiness. I was getting drunk all the time to, to take away the pain that I felt in the inside. And this is what I said to my mother. Put me in a mental hospital because I am crazy. That was what I told her. And she said, you don't need a mental hospital. All you need is Jesus. And I cursed her out, and I hung up the phone, and I said, I am never going to Jesus. And I went to my friend, and I said, would you take me to the hospital? And praise God, he was too high to drive. He was too high and too drunk. He said, I can't take you nowhere, man. And I ended up going to my mom's kitchen table. And I said, here's the deal, because I know I am crazy. I have lost my mind. I was starting to see things. I was having anxiety attacks. I mean, it was just a mixture of everything. And, and, and I was sitting at the kitchen table, and my mother said to me, if you pray and Jesus doesn't answer you, I'll take you to the hospital and get you help. And all I did, and, and, and the center heart that I had with drugs in my pocket, with all my friends waiting for me to go do more that night, and all of the, I, I, I just opened up my heart. The Bible says a mustard seed. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, it is the smallest seed. It's like, you know, when you get those hot, Chicago hot dogs, like those little grains that are on those little black grains, you know what I'm talking about, get stuck in your teeth and you don't tell your friend about it, and they walk around with that stuff in their teeth all the time. You got to tell your friend about that stuff, by the way. You know what I'm talking about, those little grains? That is the size of a mustard seed. And Jesus says, with a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And I just cracked open my heart just a little bit. And at that moment, I said, Jesus, if you're real, change me. Bam, Jesus came into my heart. I got high on the most high. It will be 17 years this November. I have never come down, baby. I'm hooked on Jesus. Amen. Repentance is you turning from sinful ways to God. That's the way you find your purpose. You can study. You can get academic degrees. You can ask the pastor all your questions. I have an anonymous question and answer thing on our website called Formspring. I've answered over 150 questions in the last year and a half. But I'll tell you what, you will never find God until you start repenting of your sins and start saying, yeah, I've blown it.
I've made mistakes. I have separated myself from you. You already reached out to me with the cross, and I have not extended my hand back to you. Please forgive me for the lies that I've told. Please forgive me for the things that I've taken that don't belong to me. Please forgive me of my unforgiveness towards my enemy. Please forgive me for my jealousy and covetousness, my sexual perversion. My friends, those are the commandments that we break. And we say, God, would you forgive me? Repentance means to do a 180 and go in the opposite direction. Would you be willing to do that? Here is the last point today. The purpose of all mankind is to make God the center of their life. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That is the Christian life in a summary, in a nutshell. It's not that I walk around hanging out with nuns and, a, and I'm a priest and, you know, and I, I'm a monk and I pray all day. No, when I eat, I do it unto God. When I eat too much, I ask him to forgive me. When I drink, I do it unto God. Whatever I do, go fishing, I do it unto God. Go to work, I do it unto God. When I go home with my family, I do it unto God. My marriage, unto God. Everything we do is unto God. We're saying, God, you put me here at this time, at this place. You know me. You've already wrote the book out. You've asked me to call on you. And the only way I can do this is by turning from my sin. And when I do it, you'll be there. So, God, let's start life together and let's do this together. You as my best friend, you as my father, I'm going to follow you through life. That's the meaning of life, is everything you do through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 says it this way, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He is the master builder of lives. You are that beautiful car. You are that beautiful design. God made you, and he looks at you. See, the difference between Jay Leno and God obviously is so much, but in that example, Jay Leno doesn't design those cars. Jesus designed you. He made you. And some of those things without him, those personality traits, you know that crazy side of me? Without God was destroying me. Now with God, what do I do? I'll preach at Boricua Fest. Amen. I'll be bold and radical for Jesus Christ now. And see, people before said, he's crazy. And and now they see me out there. Well, he's still crazy. He says he's changed what he's crazy about. He's crazy about Jesus. Some of you have gifts and talents that you'll never see developed. You'll never see them blossom and bloom until you give them to God. It doesn't matter what you're called to do in life, to be a businessman, to be a stay-at-home mom, to be a teacher, to be a policeman, a nurse. It doesn't matter who you are in life. When you give God your life, he'll start working on you. As that master workmanship, that master worker, he'll start carving out those areas that are bad. He'll start chipping away at those attitudes. I am amazed at the father God has made me to be. I didn't like children, my friends. Okay, that was another thing about me. And even as a Christian, people would come bring me children. I'd be like, thank you. And I would just give them back. I'm so serious. Ishmael, am I telling the truth? And Robin, she knows that. Because people would give me children. I would just hold them like way out here and like tap them. I'm so serious. And now I want to have 12, man. I want to have so many children. Because I'm crazy. I told you it's like one way or the other. The question I want to ask you today in closing is, do you want to experience the purpose God has for you? 
And if you haven't been saved, here is the message of salvation. God created you for a relationship with you. You've sinned and separated yourself from him. Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead to save you from those sins. And salvation is waiting on you to call on him and believe in your heart. Can you stand to your feet with me today? If you believe in Jesus, can you give him a hand clap of praise today? Come on, band, would you come? We want to thank our friends for coming today. You are so special to us. Come to Jesus now and find purpose and meaning. Find your purpose and meaning in Christ. Today is your day of salvation. For me, it was November 5th, 1995. Today is your day. Don't walk out of here the same way you came in. Jesus loves you so much. He cares about you. He knows everything you've been through. He knows the questions that you still may have. That day that I came to Jesus, do you think I got rid of all my questions? One of the reasons why I am today a Bible college professor with a master's degree in religious education is because the moment I got saved, I said, I want to start figuring this out because I was thinking this and I was hearing that. I want to figure out. I devoured the Bible. God is not saying to you, come and I'll explain life to you and then you'll live for me. The meaning of life is not God giving you a dissertation or some lecture. I always give this example because sometimes us here in an educated culture where we just see everything on Discovery Channel about supernovas and black holes, we're so curious about everything. Sometimes we like to treat God like he is the creation and we're the creator and we're going to put God in a, you know, a little microscope and we're going to dissect God and figure him all out. Let me explain this to you right here. If you went to Lake Michigan and in your own strength tried to gather in all the water and take it with you and bring it somewhere, could you do that? How futile would that be? Just you trying to, okay, I'm going I'm to bring Lake Michigan back home with me today. Water would just be flowing through your fingers. Maybe you get wet, you could drench off a cupful. God's knowledge is more vast than the oceans. He will saturate you with it but you have to be in him to understand it you can't take him and figure him out you come to him and experience him and while you're there in him moving and living with him he'll start to teach you about who he is he'll saturate you God is an experience God is a person he is a relationship not a religion stop standing on the shore trying to dissect him jump into the ocean and let him fill you with his goodness let him touch your life let Let him heal your pain. Let him give you purpose. Let him heal your dry soul and fill you with water and refresh you today. That's how I like to look at God. It's just jumping in the ocean. And to take that example one step further, my questions now have turned from, God, I want to have you explain everything to me, to God, I just want to experience you more. What do I have to do to experience you more? Because God's love is so powerful. God's acceptance. That's what David was saying. God's acceptance is so great. The testimony you heard about Lawrence, God's uh, presence. He said, I experienced God's presence. He understands what that feels like. And he looks at the 
you know, the alcoholic, the drunkard. And he goes, well, they're experiencing alcohol, but it doesn't compare with what I'm experiencing. And God today is asking you to reach out and find him. And that picture we see in the Sistine chapels where God is reaching out his hand and man is reaching out his, and they just can't touch. You know what Jesus did? Jesus built the bridge. And he's saying, come on. Come on over. I'll bring you to my Father. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the truth you have given us. I pray that you will bless every person here with the knowledge of who you are. But even more than just knowing about you, I pray they will experience you. I can know about Martin Luther King Jr., but not know him personally. I can read about Abraham Lincoln, but not know him personally. God, I pray that everyone here not only walks out with the head knowledge of who you are, but experiences you as a real person, has a relationship with you reaches out and finds you altar workers would you come please we're going to close out in prayer today this is how we'll end our service we're so glad you came but just in an attitude of prayer I'm going to ask you for the next 30 seconds to examine your life to look within your heart and to determine whether or not you are in a right place with God or are you double minded As these altar workers are coming, I want every person to search their heart. Are you right with God? Are you living the life he called you to do? Or are you sinning and living a double-minded life, saying one thing and doing another? I want to give you a few moments to reflect on your life. What's the meaning of your life? 15 more seconds. If you know on the inside you have not accepted his plan and purpose for you, as we get ready to close out in prayer, we're not going to embarrass you. But as we're dismissing, so people will leave, some have to go. There's a cafe that you can fellowship and hang out but for those of you in your heart you know you're not where you're supposed to be you've made your life about other things and you may even believe in God but you've been double minded in a lot of ways we bid you we ask you to come and to find someone to pray with you to help restore that relationship between you and God to repent of your sins and to open up your heart even if it's just a little bit the size of a mustard seed, just a little bit, so that God can come in. Let's pray and get ready to dismiss. And those that need to come will ask you to come. Father, I thank you for bringing us all here today on Father's Day. I pray once again you'll bless our fathers, bless our families. God, I pray that those here that don't know you and haven't discovered the meaning of life will come to you. They won't leave here the same way they came in. And Lord, I pray for all those here who do know you and already love you and follow you, that every day they will come to you, the author of their life, and they will discover their purpose. And God, though they go through hardships and trials, let them never get discouraged or give up. Let them come to you for encouragement and strength so that they can finish their race, God, because you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you today for this great service in your precious name. Jesus, we all pray. Can you say amen? Can you bless him one more time in the house of God today? 
Amen. You are dismissed. Fathers, have a great weekend. If you need prayer and you want to come forward, come. If you want somebody to come with you, grab your neighbor, and we will pray with you today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.